0: In our early service, we had a hymn that I thought was great as a sermon prayer. It said, give to your word impressive power, and in, your, in our heart your work begin. And that's what we pray for you and for me, that we receive God's word, and it goes deep into our hearts. Amen i had the privilege to be present when all my children were born how many of the dads are in here that were there in the room when their kids were born how many any dads that weren't there when their kids were born okay yeah i've heard stories from my dad's generation of what it was like how uh, fathers would be sitting in the waiting room just smoking a cigarette that's what they did back then uh, multiple and just hoping somebody comes and tells them it's a boy or it's a girl and the drama and the waiting and I was glad to be there when my kids were born when they drew their first breath although I was usually relegated to kind of just stay back behind the bed and I was just crying because it was like this is so awesome and I don't know what else to do but I just cried at the wonder of it all but I remember the the event and i remember it happening and i remember the sight of it all and i remember some of the sounds of it all and i remember some of the things that happened and i thought to myself you know if i were to design how life would come into the world i would probably do it differently it would be a lot less messy uh, it would be a lot less painful from what i'm i've been told and it would be a lot less dangerous in my view but i'm not the one who designed it am i and i think if i designed it i'd get it all wrong it would be a lot less human and god in his grace has given us a way for new life to come into our world and so many of you are sitting next to the new life that God used you to bring into the world I thought about that on this Pentecost Sunday as I read that first lesson of Ezekiel preaching and, and bringing new birth which is uh so equally surprising and and mysterious in how it all happens God gives Ezekiel a vision over these dead bones and he says come together by the word of the Lord and the bones rattle together, and the sinews cover them, and flesh covers them. And then something equally unique, inanimate, air, God says to Ezekiel, speak to the wind. Speak to the breath that it comes into these uh, bones, and they're going to live. And that's, in, in Ezekiel's vision, it happens. Kind of an interesting picture, isn't it? and if you were a movie maker, it would be kind of a cool thing to uh, visualize. And I've been to a lot of churches, and I'd have to say there are some that are less alive than others, right? Or probably some that are very sleepy in anyway, way, <laughs> and uh, preach to them. But I've never preached to a room full of dead bones. I wonder what Ezekiel thought. Although I did read that in the Czech Republic, there's a Church that's decorated with the skulls and the bones of 40 to 70 thousand people who died in a pandemic during the middle ages and the uh, hundred years war. I don't think I'd want to preach there, would you? <laughs> would you? I've, I've read some blogs as I was researching this, and they said it, said it was just fascinating to go through, but I can't imagine what it'd be like. But I wonder. I don't think if I did preach there, I would expect anything from those bones. It makes me think what do you expect on Sunday morning? Well, what do you expect to happen when God's word is proclaimed among us? God says that's how his Holy Spirit's going to work. That's how God's Spirit will fill you. That's how God's Spirit will enter you. That's how God's Spirit will cause you to grow and to bring you to life. And you can believe that. Sometimes it's maybe miraculously, but a lot of times it's incrementally as God leads us along life's way. What are you expecting this morning when you come to church? I'd ask you to think about that and formulate that answer in your mind that God's word always has an effect. That's what God says. It's always going to have some point packed with you. Take that to heart and expect God to do that in your life this morning and in the Sundays to come. That's what we're going to be doing over the course of this summer in a series called The Way of Christ where we're going to look at what did Jesus teach? What did he tell people? What did he exemplify to his disciples? And what's the application for us as disciples today? Sometimes it just makes sense what Jesus says. There's other things when you look at what Jesus did, it's upside down. It was upside down then, it's upside down today. But Christ says, come and follow me. And that's what we're going to be looking at, and today I I want you to get the point of Pentecost, and that is that our work and our walk with God is the Holy Spirit at work. That's what God is telling you today. You have His Holy Spirit, and it's doing something in you. Recognize it. Embrace it and live it. You see, our story truly does begin with the Spirit. Nothing happens without the Holy Spirit of God at work. John Stott, a Pretty famous theologian said as a body without breath is a corpse so the church without the holy spirit is dead in fact the same word for spirit is the same word for wind or for breath pneuma p-n-e-u-m-a we get our words pneumatic you know those kind of tools or pneumonia that illness of breath god's spirit goes to work in you and in your life and we see this birthing of the early christians and the sights and the sounds and the smells were all there the sound of rushing wind the sights of flames of fire the speech that nobody taught them how to speak but the people heard it in the language they got and they said wow god's speaking to us it's a foundational understanding of the spirit that he he goes to work in you and i say that not just to inform you of that, although that's important. It is important. You need to know it. In fact, Martin Luther said it right in that third article of the Creed. I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ or come to him. But the Spirit has called me by the gospel. It's God at work in you. And But I say that so that you are certain of that, so you know it. You have the Holy Spirit. You already have god's fullness dwelling god's fullness dwelling in you and that gives you a certainty of that because if it was based on you you'd always wonder well was i sincere enough did i mess up too much that maybe i negated this whole thing god says no you're my spirit-filled follower you're my man you're my woman in this world in a crazy muddled up mixed up world you're his vessel filled with god's holy spirit and so believe that and own that for yourself and take that to heart that's why that's important and i hope you also see the holy spirit is filling you the holy spirit is is going to work in you sometimes you acknowledge that and you can sense it. Other times you don't even know it, but it's the Spirit at work. It's kind of like that's why we're giving you balloons this morning, right? Without breath in them, without wind in them, they're, they're just a piece of plastic. But wh- I guarantee you when we blow them up and we bat them around, some people in here are going to go crazy, right? Because they're so much fun. And the rest of you unfun people, you can leave. Her- no, we don't want you. We want you to stay and have fun with us. But the Holy Spirit fills us uh, with life. And we go from to whoosh, right? It's kind of like my fireplace. It has a pilot light, but when I turn the gas on for it, it whooshes. And that's what God's Spirit does. Now, as soon as I say that, some people are thinking, well, I've seen some of that Spirit stuff maybe on TV or it's just weird, right? And while God's Spirit is mysterious and you can't program what God's Spirit does, God does say, test the spirits. Test them to see if they're from God or if this is just people too much, too filled with their own spirit, right? But the filling of the spirit is true, and Jesus talked about that in John chapter 17, and you can see it on the screen or in your sermon notes for today. And he says the spirit really will do three things. He says his spirit will convict the world to sin, and righteousness, and judgment. God's Spirit convicts us. And I know as soon as I say that, you're thinking, "Mm, I didn't want to really hear that this morning. Uh, But really what it means is it leads us to truth. Convict. Vict means truth. God's Spirit leads us to truth. And it's, it's it's actually a legal term. And it's kind of like instant replay in sports, right? Remember back in the days when there was no instant replay and the um coaches would get into great fights with the umpires? Those were the days, right? Uh, But now, when there's a a call on the field made, as soon as a coach wants to, he can call for an instant replay. And they go up to the booth and dean bangino or whoever the other guy is gets on tv and talks about the rules of football or the game and they look at it and they always want to see what clear and convincing evidence to overturn the call and then the call is made and the right call is made whether whether it's uh right or wrong the call on the made call on the field is made that's the conviction that the right call is made For you and for your life. Because God doesn't want you to live in falsehood. He doesn't want you floundering through life on a lie. Or a misunderstanding or a misguided la-la land. He says, I want you to know the truth about God. I want you to know the truth about yourself. And I want you to know the truth about what's going on here. One of the most famous Stories of the Bible is King David. Remember him? He thought he had his sin all packaged up, locked up. And because he was king, nobody was going to ask him anything. Until the prophet said to him, hey, David, there's a shepherd in your kingdom. Took advantage of his neighbor. Took his only sheep from him. David gets all mad. You remember what he said? You're the man. You're the man. And that cleansing truth was for David, but it's for you and me too to say, you know what? I did blow that one. Not that we live in guilt. That's not what this is about. That we live in truth, that we know what's for real, and that we can make change the changes that are needed, to live as God would have us live and the God would have us away. We all have the, uh, that moment and God's spirit gives that to us. He also, uh, not just so that we say uh, we bold it but, or blew it, but that we have confidence that we are living on something that's true in life. And we're not going on our own way and making stuff up as it comes along. We got the truth of God for us. That's held through the ages throughout all time. So we can have some boldness. That's exactly what happened to the disciples. Remember, before Pentecost, they're all in their little room in the the temple. They say, oh, we're here, and the bad guys are all out there. God, here we are. And Jesus had to bust in on them, remember, a couple times. Then on Pentecost, they said, you know what? We're going. (laughs) That's what he said to do. He said go into all the world and that's what they did they just went they lived with boldness and you can too the holy spirit convicts us but the holy spirit also transforms us you can see it in verse 10 he transforms us in righteousness and because he goes to the father he can fill the world through through his people he transforms us that's that increasingness to grow in god's likeness to grow in, in christ likeness so that we love what god loves and we love how he loves and, and we have a chance to grow in that so we don't stay immature childish in our faith but we can grow and the holy spirit leads us to step out and step out and i hope that's something you pray for in your walk we, we sang it in the opening hymn kingdom of god jesus said it this way seek first the kingdom of god and then you know what your paycheck your housing all that other stuff will be added to you as well Believe that. That's the word of Jesus. And it leads us to grow in faith, uh, in, in judgment. That's what he's talking about here. It's not coming to faith, but living in faith and, and in the promise of God. It's that future orientation that in the morning and every day, it's as, as, uh, as I told you last week, uh, the, the movie The Greyhound, where the, the guy prays Martin Luther's prayer, I commend myself to you this day, that all my doings in life may please thee. For into thy hands I commend myself, my body and soul. This is the the commendation of life that God has. We don't cause the birth of the Holy Spirit. We don't cause uh, growth to happen, but we can hinder it. And that's one other thing I, I want you to see. We can stop it slow it and it's not a good thing all right so it's not something you want to do but the bible warns us to say look at what paul wrote to the first thessalonians don't quench the spirit don't quench the spirit in your life i love our acolytes i don't know did we have one today sophie were you acolyte all right the acolytes are our candlelighters, right and we give them training at the beginning of the year these are 12 13 year old young people from our church we train them but we don't schedule them till like 6 weeks, 10 weeks later and they forget what they're supposed to do. And you know what they're afraid of? They're afraid they're going to do it wrong. And I never have the heart to tell them, you just got to light the candles, you know. That's what their job is, right? And put out the candles. And we teach them how to do that and they take the little torch thing and it has a bell on it and they immediately they want to smash the candle out but you know the official science of putting out extinguishing the candle is to hold the bell over it so that what so that oxygen can't get to the flame anymore and the flame extinguishes that's the word here for quenching the spirit don't quench don't extinguish god's spirit in your life how does that happen Well, willful sin continued willful sin which we all struggle with that will lead us away from the things of God that'll play a part in our heart and that's why we pray God help me see that in my life It also you can starve your faith by neglecting the things of God by neglecting what he promises will, bring, will lead to faith. We call that the means of grace, the, the gathering of God's people to hear his word around the name of Jesus. And that's why I hope this is a reset time for us after this whole threat of the pandemic, that you would say this is God's will. Because it is. And we certainly know there's a time when you can't be here, but it was kind of brought to my mind one Sunday morning I was, it dawned on me, sometimes people come to church only if they're scheduled to do something. Like if they're scheduled to be an usher, communion assistant, then they show up. And one day it was like I came to church and a guy starts leaving. I said, you got to go somewhere? He said, well, I'm not scheduled today, so I'm going home i'm thinking now that's a different philosophy of worship right (laughs) now i don't know what was going on and there was probably a very good reason why that happened but here's what i'd like for you and me let's gather unless he can't not if you can but let's gather in jesus name unless he can't in fact say that with me just and we're not holding you to it and you're not this and no vow but just let's gather unless we can't try it just say it one two three let's we can. you see you can say it all right but why because it's this no because it's god, what god promises to bless blessed are those who hear the word of god and keep it that's how his holy spirit works his holy spirit goes to work in the coming in Jesus' name. I don't know if your family was like this, but when, I, when my children were, you know, primary age kids, we didn't go to restaurants very much because I don't know what it was about restaurants. It made them bonkers. I mean, I don't know if it was the architecture or what, but my kids would go crazy in a restaurant and like, they'd take after their mother. <laughs> I didn't say that in the early service, so don't report me. But... Uh, What they really liked, and there would always be a fight about who got one more chicken nugget than somebody else or something like that, but what they really liked about going to the restaurant was they got to have pop, all right, because we didn't let them have too much pop at home. But what they really liked was free refills, okay, all the pop they wanted. Dad, don't worry, I'm going to get more pop and it's not even going to cost you anything more. Don't worry. Yay, sugar and caffeine overload, right? Recipe for disaster. When it comes to God's Spirit, He wants you to know, hey, free refills. Free refills. In a world that will drain you, in a world that will get you down, in a world that will depress you, if you just look at externals, God reminds you, There's free refills, because he's going to work, and uh, that's what he is uh, continually going to do, and I hope you also see that our spirit, our story, is not just the spirit bringing us to life, and, and not God's only spirit filling us for life, but it's making Jesus present in this world. He says, through you, I'll make Jesus present through this whole world, in a world that needs Jesus, that needs some love. You can see that in verses 12 through 14. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now, said Jesus. When the Spirit comes, listen to these truths. He'll guide you. He'll guide you in truth. When you don't know what the future holds, He'll guide you in what's true. Because he's not speaking on his own authority, but he hears what he will speak, and he'll declare to you the things that are to come. And he's saying this is not an independent message. It's all totally in consort with what God has revealed before. He hears what he speaks, and he'll declare to you the things to come. He'll enlighten you. When you're young and you wonder, what, what's life going to be? Where's it going to go? We don't see the future, but we trust the Spirit's guiding. When it comes for that day, when you say to your kids, you're not coming home every night anymore like you used to. You're off to college or career or military or whatever the path is. After you cry, trust God. He's going to care. He's going to lead your child even better than you can. When you close your eyes or your mom closes your eyes or your dad closes their eyes for the last time, he says there's more to it than what you see. It hurts. But there's a lot more that God will reveal through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brought us to life. The Holy Spirit is filling your life. And the Holy Spirit is leading you and me to make Jesus present. And you know what? He gives you a secret weapon. He gives you a superpower in this world to do it. And I think a lot of you like superheroes, right? So if I say every superhero kind of has their special weapon, right? So like Spider-Man, what's his special weapon? He's got the web thing, right? (laughs) He can do that. He's also got spikey tingling spent senses, but he's got the the weapon. If you uh know Thor, he has Melnier, right? That hammer that, you know, he can throw it and it always comes back to him. How cool is that? A, a boomerang hammer. Uh Captain America has a shield. Uh Iron Man has an awesome suit. I had to go to Pastor Starner to get the, this information. The Winter Soldier, I did not know this superhero. How many know Winter Soldier? All right, you talk to Pastor Starner. Winter Soldier has a bionic arm. And Scarlet Witch, again, thanks to Pastor Starner, which I don't know what he does in his office all day, but now I do. <laughs> the Scarlet Witch can bend reality, right? Jesus says you've got a superpower. It's love. He said love each other as I have loved you. This is my commandment, that you love one another. In fact, he said, that's how people are going to know whether you really are followers of me, if you love each other. He said, that's how the world's going to change. Definitely, seemingly inefficient, but also very powerful. It's how God will go to work in this world through you and me through his church. And if I were to ask you, where's the church? You would say 5125 Cascade Road. We've had Greg Finke at our church. He reminded me recently at a seminar I was at where the church is at. Go ahead and put that on the screen if you haven't already. Here's where the church of St. Matthew is. Think it's out in the world? It's through you, through me. And that's just where you sleep at night. Think about it, when you go to school and when you go to work, that even multiplies even more. And then not just our church, but other Christians throughout the world. It's God at work throughout the world. And he says, this is the new commandment I give to you. And let the fruit of the Holy Spirit go to work. And here's my last uh, little assignment for you. There's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, there's nine of them that are listed in the Bible. And there's three threes, three triplets. The first group has, three, uh, has one syllable. The second group of three has two syllables. The third group has three syllables. So the first one is love, peace, and joy. Say that with me. The fruit of the Spirit is? Love, peace, and joy. The second one is kindness, goodness, gentleness. All right? No, gentleness. That's the third one. Hold on goodness. Patience, kindness, goodness. Ready? One, two, three. Patience, kindness, goodness. Then the third one is gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There's all nine. It's possible to know them all, but even if you only know four of the nine, what are you doing to make that fruit known in your family? What are you doing to make that fruit bear in your marriage, in your office, and in your home? Jesus said by the by their fruit you shall know them. By their fruits you shall know them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and then the one I forgot. Thank you. That's how the Spirit works. That's how the Spirit brings life to others. That's how the Spirit fills people. That's how Jesus is made known. That's how dead bones come to life. Amen. Father, I forgot gentleness, but bring a gentleness about us that points to Jesus, along with all the other fruit of the Spirit. May that be so. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.